A significant life exists to help you find and strengthen your God-given significance. Over the last year, we've served nearly 3 million of you through Pray.com as you streamed our weekly television and radio broadcasts, as well as other on-demand media. We've spread God's message of hope with over 40,000 via our weekly podcast. Through Jim Graff's significant church network, we've equipped and encouraged pastors and church planters in some of the most overlooked areas of our nation and our world. And this year, we're spreading the message of God-given purpose even further as we air a significant life on two new stations, Cornerstone TV and Vision TV. If you've been impacted by a significant life, now is your chance to pay it forward. Together, we can make a purposeful impact in our world and around the globe. So give the gift of significance today by visiting asignificantlife.com. That's asignificantlife.com. Hey friends, we're so glad you're with us today. We're going to learn together this month what causes God to work really, really well in our souls. Jesus taught us that the things impossible to man are possible with God. But I'm glad he didn't just teach us what's available to us, but he trained us how to experience it. And that's going to be our focus these next four weeks. And as you can tell, our goal is not just to experience more of what God wants to do for us at A Significant Life, but we want to experience more of what God wants to do through us too. God's called us to help people discover through this teaching ministry, stepping stones in scripture that equip us to live in our full potential lives that are well-pleasing to God. Because God's will for us isn't just to survive, but it's to thrive. And God wants thriving believers in thriving churches, serving people in every community of the world that's overlooked. And God's calling this broadcast to bring together a tribe who can get that done. Will you pray about partnering with us to get that done? You can learn more about it at asignificantlife.com. All of us have a desire to become something on the inside of our heart. And that's because God places those desires on the inside of people. It's the reason that we work so hard at things. It's the reason why we get disappointed whenever things don't work out in our life. It's even the reason that we choose a lot of the friendships that we end up choosing. It's because we all want to be accepted and we want to be understood. And and we want to have people who affirm that we're important in life. And if that doesn't happen, we begin to start feeling like a failure on the inside. I'll never forget when I was a senior in high school, the other co-captain of our basketball team ended up winning Mr. Pittsburgh. And that's a big deal because you've got to go against the best athletes of that, of the Pittsburgh region, and you compete against each other in a number of events. So anyway, I wanted to celebrate him. And I said, hey, Tonight's on me, and we were going to go bowling, and we both took a girl who was a friend in school. This girl he took was one he really was kind of hoping to date. And so the first thing we did was we went bowling. And afterwards, we planned to go to Pizza Hut, but the girls beat us whenever we were bowling. And I'll never forget talking to him in the bathroom afterwards, and we took the girls home because we didn't want to face the failures, right, for the rest of our our night because it might give us 
us indigestion. So we, we battle this thing called failure. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to start a four-week series where we learn from how Jesus dealt with Peter how to become somebody we could never become without the grace of God operating in our life. It begins in Matthew chapter 4 where the Bible says, one day Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, and they were throwing in their nets because they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them and he said, follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. So we all need the things that Jesus was offering the disciples in this moment. And that is, first of all, we can't see the significant design God has for our life without the help of the Holy Spirit. And then number two, we can't develop the way God knows we need to develop. We can't become the person that will satisfy our hearts the way that we long to unless we experience the help of the Holy Spirit. And then for me, I can't even stay as strong and disciplined as I need to be as a person unless I begin to receive the help of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wanted to help Peter with those things. But beyond that, there are also some adversaries that we all face that God needs to help us with if we're to reach our potential. And these are the two major adversaries we all fight, shame and scarcity. Shame means, man, I should be doing better than I'm doing, but I just keep messing up. Scarcity means I just feel like there's nobody out there for me who can bring forth the best that God placed in my life. And we see these two enemies in the very first uh, part of the Bible. We're in Genesis 3. Do you remember whenever sin entered into the world that Adam and Eve first sinned and then the first thing they did was they were ashamed and they began to cover up their sin. Now they knew that God loved them because God called out to them and he didn't say Adam, Adam, what have you done? But God said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And then they came to God but they dealt with the second thing, and that's scarcity. We don't feel like we can be who God wants us to be. And see, you know what they did? They started playing the blame game instead of the become better game. And the man blamed the woman, and some people have been saying that that's, that's been happening ever since. And the woman blamed the man, and then because, you know, uh, he wouldn't take it, the woman blamed the devil. And one scholar said because he had no leg to stand on, he had to take the blame. But listen, we do that. We play this shame game and this scarcity game. I remember as a young preacher, of course my sermons weren't that great, but here's what I needed. I need God to tell me, you're going to make it because you know what? I'm with you and I'm going to be who you need me to be to help you become who I'm calling you to be. And so in this text, this wasn't the first time that Peter met Jesus. The first time that he met Jesus is recorded in John chapter 1. But this is the time whenever Peter said to Jesus, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you start helping me with this battle to become on the inside of my heart. And in the same way, some of us today have believed in Jesus. I mean, uh, to put it in Tamara's terms, we're kind of fans of Jesus, right? But there's a big difference in being a fan of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus because a fan believes in who he is and, and we think he's awesome, 
but a follower is called to believe that we can become the things that he sees whenever he looks at our life. So how do we begin to do this? Well, first of all, I want to share something that I feel really deeply about in my heart, and that is I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor, but I believe that God is getting ready to do something really special in the earth. And what I believe God's getting ready to do is to reveal to creation how much God can bless his children. You know, last night Tamara had me watch a chick flick with her. Would y'all say help him, Lord? And so we're watching these women from Ireland who wanted to go to Lord's, and I'm sitting there, and I'm doing the guy thing. I'm Googling uh, how are non-denominational churches doing in Ireland, you know? And I found out that all over the world, you know what? People want to know the Bible. People want to have their prayers answered. And so non-denominational churches like ours are something that God is using to help people all over the world. And it's because Jesus got really upset one day when he looked at the church and he said, here's the purpose of the church. God wants it to be a house of answered prayer for all people. And the Bible play makes that very, very clear. It, God wants to unveil. He wants to show people what he can do in your life. You know, there's a book called the book of the Revelation. And in this book, John was taken to the island of Patmos. And when he was there, if you know the book, God first uh, shared with the churches in Asia Minor the perspective Jesus had on how they were having church. And then afterwards, he unveiled uh, end time events that are amazing. And John said, this is a revelation. This is an unveiling of what's going to happen in the days ahead. But that word is used all throughout the Bible. For instance, in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was being dedicated at the temple, there was a prophet named Simeon. And Simeon held Jesus in his arms, and he shared a long prophecy with Mary and Joseph about his life. And part of that prophecy was that Jesus would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. In other words, Simeon saw that Jesus was going to unveil to the Gentile world how much God loved them. And it's because the Jewish people weren't good representatives of how God's heart felt towards people who lived in pagan countries. They made people think that God was mad at them because their behavior wasn't good enough. And Jesus came and said, no, God's madly in love with you, and he wants to bless you regardless of what you've ever done. So what did Jesus do? He unveiled that God had this beautiful plan for people. And the Bible Bible says this about all of us in Revelations 1.17, that God wants us to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, God wants to unveil to us what, how he sees our life, what we can accomplish. Uh, he wants to unveil the ways that he wants to help us. And, and here's a scripture I love. It's Romans 8 verse 19, and this is a New Living Translation. It says, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God is going to reveal to the world who his children really are. And that scripture so inspires me because listen, what the, the, the backdrop is that creation is groaning because of how sin is at work in the world. And the author says what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to help people who are groaning in their life because of how sin has worked. And God doesn't want you to stay in shame. God wants to free you of shame. And God doesn't want you to live 
live in scarcity. God wants to start bringing out the very best in your life. And, and can I tell you something? Right now, uh, a lot of church, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, the church needs to stand up for things. And the church does need to stand up for truth. But can I tell you what the church needs to do more? We need to stand up for people, man. And how many of you know God wants to reveal through his children that the devil can be defeated and God can be somebody who blesses and heals and restores lives? in an awesome way, right? That's what we're going to learn from the life of Peter today. And it starts right here in Matthew chapter 4. And there's three things that, that, that Peter learned from this initial encounter that he had with Jesus. Number one, he learned that we all have a significant design that God's given us. He called out to them, and we'll talk about this next week, that nowhere does Jesus call people to try to discover themselves outside of community, but he called out to them, and he said, come follow me, and I'm going to show you things. Now, if he's going to show us things, that means we don't know things about why God made us the way we do, or we don't know things about how to handle things. And so as we start this year, maybe you're saying to me, you know, Pastor, I really came from a dysfunctional family. Family, and I don't know how to do some things that I need to know how to do to live in the desires of, of my heart. Well, first of all, I want you to know 100% of us come from dysfunctional families, okay? So we're all in the same boat, but here's, here's the key. If you develop confidence in the Holy Spirit, you won't stop in your failures anymore. You won't get stuck in your failures anymore, but you'll believe that the Holy Spirit can put in your heart what you need to live in the hopes and to get the help that you need to live in God's best. Amen? And for Peter, he realized that Jesus wasn't calling him to performance. Jesus was calling him to something else. And we're going to see what that something else is in the life of Moses in, in Exodus chapter 3. You remember God called Moses to deliver the Israelites out of uh, the oppression of Egypt. And then God said, I'm going to bring them into a land that I promised Abraham. Abraham that I would give these people and Moses he, he started freaking out and the Bible says that Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt now here's what's interesting about this do you remember why Moses wasn't in Egypt anymore why he was out in the desert whenever God showed up to him in a burning bush it's because he tried to kill an Egyptian foreman so for all of us we have a sense of what God wants to do in our life because he puts desires in our heart. But the only way we can see those desires really clearly, the only way we can find everything that we need to step into those desires is to have a strong relationship with God. And so listen to God's answer to Moses. Moses said, who am I? And God said, I'll be with you. That's all you really need to know. You just need to know I'll be with you. And because of that, what I promise you is going to come to pass, can come to pass in your life. Now, this is so important because what it shows us is that consecration is more important than determination. Some of us are thinking about, you know, I need more determination. I need to make things happen. But can I tell you this? If you only live with determination, you'll only see what you can make happen in life. But when you learn to live with with consecration, you're going to learn what God can start making happen in your life. I hear people all the time will say to me, oh, 
uh, Pastor, I've been working so hard. Why isn't God helping me more? Well, I just told you. It's because you can't achieve through determination the things that only consecration brings to pass in our life. And this is why when Jesus chose his disciples, he did it in a different pattern than the rabbis used. The rabbis, people would come to the rabbis and they would say, can I be your student? And then if you read uh, uh, scholars from that, that write about that period of time, what would happen is these people would teach a lot of the same revelation that rabbi taught. Sometimes they'd even pick up the same mannerisms of the rabbis who instructed them. But Jesus didn't do that. He said, no, no, no. You're not going to ask me if you can be one of my students. I'm going to choose you because I want you to understand something. And that is God wants to choose every person in the human race and God wants to bless every person in a unique way. That's why Jesus said at the end of his life to his disciples in John 15, he said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit, fruit that would last. See, they didn't become who they became because of their determination. They became who they became because of consecration. Jesus chose me. I said, yes, I'll follow him. And then he began to work in my life. This is why in Tamarani's home, the only thing that matters in the end is what God is saying to us. Uh, of course, I'm a, a man and as a man, there ways I'm supposed to lead my house, but I'm not the master of my house. Jesus is the one who's in charge of my house. And I remember learning that one day in 1998, we were building this church and I knew we needed some more staff because I knew the church was going to grow. And I walked up to Tamara one day and I said, honey, what would you think of maybe putting the kids in school and maybe serving on staff with me? And I had a big smile. I was really sweet whenever I asked her. And she didn't even have to say a word to me. Her eyes said it all. I could just see it. Get thee behind me, Satan, is what her eyes were communicating to me. And if I would have prayed, I would have spared myself the trauma of that experience. But, you know, what she knew in her heart is that, at least for the early years, until our kids went later into elementary, she was called to prepare them for a legacy. And, uh, of course, I can understand that. If I was God, what, what's, what's going to cause him to do more in the earth? just my life or how my four children are prepared to do his will down the road. So all of us have, first of all, a significant design. We have unique things that God wants to bring forth in our life this year. And then here's the second thing we can understand from this initial encounter that Peter had when, when Jesus was trying to help him with this battle of becoming, and that is, it's going to take some significant development. Jesus said, come follow me, and I'll show you. In other words, there's a lot of stuff I need to show you. My father-in-law did that when he was training me for a pastor. He sat me in his office, and he said, well, I guess now it all starts. There's a whole lot of stuff that I get to show you. And what he was saying is, I would work for him, but the more significant work would be be the work that he did for me in training me to be a pastor. Now, for all of us, if we're going to walk in God's best, it starts with us getting delivered from shame 
and us understanding Jesus doesn't put shame on me. Jesus takes shame away from me so I don't keep living out that wrong picture of my life. And then it, it's beginning to believe, and, and I don't have scarcity. I have the Holy Spirit. I have God the Father himself who's helping me. But then there's three more battles that we have to go through. And the first one is ignorance. We don't know what to do. We need God to show us. And then the second one is immaturity. And then the third one is we battle iniquities that we have to fight through in our life. And I want us to see them in the scripture. That first in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul said, said this, now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, he said regarding how the Holy Spirit works in the world, I don't want you to be ignorant. When I was a kid, there was a Bible teacher named J. Vernon McGee. Has anybody in here heard of J. Vernon McGee? Okay, he had the back to the Bible broadcast back in the, in the old days. And I'd listen to him going to school. And he said something one day. He said, the church of the ignorant is the largest congregation on the face of the earth. And I still remember hearing that and thinking, and I am a card-carrying member right now because I literally thought that the book of Job was about how to get a job back in 1977 when I went to my first Bible study. And, and here's what happens is we start growing through ignorance. We start growing through the things we don't know how to do as a parent, as a spouse, as somebody who's praying. We have to grow through ignorance. But that only brings us to the second battle, and that's the battle we have against immaturity. And I think in the church, God wants us to understand something that the NFL has figured out, and that is back in the mid-1960s, they only had six assistant coaches per football team. You know how many assistant coaches they have now in the NFL? They have 26 assistant coaches on a team. You know why they have these coaches? It's because they've learned that, it's, that just giving information to people isn't enough to change their life. If people are going to have transformation, there's going to have to be some coaching. There's going to have to be some nurture. And we live in a society where so many people feel like they weren't nurtured, either because of the busyness of our society and nobody has slowed, slowed, uh, has slowed their life down for me, or, you know, women are in the workplace because of economic economic realities of the time that we live in, and then you have the fact that for many people, listen, there's just nobody who, sh who showed interest in them. Well, you know what the good news is? As God's children, God takes interest in us, but he needs us to understand that it happens as we go from ignorance to somebody who is, is growing through our immaturities, and we're beginning to believe that if I practice life different, then things are going to go different for me. And I want you to see all three of these things in one verse this morning. It's Romans chapter 12, and it says this, and don't be conformed to this world. In other words, if you don't want the curse you see people living in uh, around you, resist the cause of the curse, which is sin, right? And then the second thing he says is instead be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, what I want you to do is don't be ignorant and then begin to believe that you can mature, that you can be transformed because of how God is showing you things day after day after day in your life. The Greek word transformed is the root of metamorphosis, and it's what a butterfly undergoes when it's a ugly earthbound larva. Tamara, when she homeschooled, she would capture these and bring them in the home and teach this lesson to our kids because if they were nurtured right, 
what would happen? They would grow some wings. They'd become beautiful butterflies who flew into their heart's desire. How many of you are glad Jesus came to earth so you don't have to live in sin, man? You can, you can fly into the desires of your heart. Can you say amen? See, that's what this scripture is calling us to through our ignorance, through our immaturity. Then I love the last part of the verse, and he says, if you do that, you'll prove what is good and acceptable and you'll prove to your heart that God's will is perfect. In other words, if you're battling with iniquities today, I'm going to tell you the way through the wrong want-tos that you're battling. It's to go through the transformation until you experience God's better way of doing something. And then you'll say, you know what? Man, God's way is better. And here's the third thing, and that is we reveal God's glory when we embrace significant discipline, that we really began to live as disciples. The Bible says that Jesus said, come follow me, and at once they left their nets and they began to follow him. In other words, they realized this is an opportunity. God picked me to bless me, and I want to do what God shows me to do so I can live in the blessings that God has called us to. You know, I, I heard about a book recently I read a little bit of, and it's a really good book. It's written by a professor at the University of Kansas. He is a distinguished professor of their clinical psychology department. And he wrote a book called The Psychology of Hope. His name is C.R. Snyder. And he literally spent his life watching people and counseling people and trying to help people get out of where they are into the hopes that they have in their heart. And of course, as a pastor, that's why I've given 35 years to one church. My greatest joy is watching people learn to walk with God and to see him be good to them as he's been to me. So they start walking into more of their hopes. But listen to what he wrote about hope. He said, hope is not merely an emotion, but hope is a thought process. It impacts both your belief in your ability to change and it impacts your capacity to change. So God deals with both of those things. God deals with the belief that we have in ourselves that we need to get free of shame, that we believe there's scarcity and there's not, there aren't answers around us, or do we believe that because Jesus Christ came, God has proven to me, I don't have to live in shame. God is going to satisfy my desires. That's why he sent Jesus to earth. Amen? That's the beginning. I'm not going to live in shame, but then we get past scarcity. How? God begins to show us things. And he said this. He said, real hope has two critical components. He said, number one is willpower. It's determination. But he said, most people don't understand it's not just willpower, but it's way power. And the truth is, we can just look around us and we can see in our society how much people need God. People are so broken. I heard a funny story about it the other day. It was about a guy who went to his, to his wife's 10-year class reunion with her. And they got there about 7, and at about 8.30, there was this dude like sloppy drunk. I mean, he, he was acting like a fool. And the man said to his wife, he said, who is that guy? And she said, well, don't you remember? She said, I told you about this guy that 10 years ago, he asked me to marry him, and I rejected him. And he said, you mean he's been celebrating like that all these years? <laughs> Great story. But how many of you know 
the world's broken, but the world doesn't know where to turn. How many of you are glad this morning you know where to turn? The Holy Spirit. He's the one that fulfills God's hopes for our life. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. I sure hope today's broadcast helped us all see God really has the answers our hearts are looking for. In this four-week series, we're going to learn to experience God, bringing forth our full potential like He did for Peter and the other disciples. And of course, we have to make a decision to go from being a fan of Jesus to being a follower, but we also have to learn how to follow. And we hope you'll be with us next week as we learn to find the help our hearts need. Enjoy your week. Be a part of our online community. When you subscribe to A Significant Life on YouTube, you'll be able to catch up on past messages as well as watch extra content from the entire team. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit us on our website, asignificantlife.com, where you can listen to our latest podcasts, sign up for our weekly Step Into Significance devotionals, order resources, and let us know how we can pray with you. Join us today at asignificantlife.com.